0: Uh, thank you for joining us. All right. Well, the first person we're going to hear from tonight is going to be Dr. Bill Warner. Uh, Bill is no stranger to our radio program, our audience. And uh, Bill is going to cover some of the history of Islam as it moves into non Muslim countries and how that's going to be an effect on the Canadian audience. So I'm going to turn things over to uh, Bill at this time and uh, unmute him. And uh, Bill? You have the floor for about 10 minutes, okay? Lord bless you. Thank you, Tom, and thank you for volunteering to do the job that you're doing. Uh, the Canadian Parliament, I understand, is considering a bill called M103, which deals with Islamophobia, and it, they want to eliminate or reduce Islamophobia. And they also would like to eliminate fear of Islam and make that a crime as well. And this bill is a blasphemy bill. They don't think of it as that, but it will outlaw critical thought, which... As a scientist, let me tell you, without critical thought, you don't go very far at all. But I'm sure the people who are writing this bill are well-intended people, and they think this is a new idea. We will not let people criticize Allah, Muhammad, but this is a very old idea without knowing that this bill is 1,400 years old as soon as on the day of its birth, because we find in the life of Muhammad that he did not allow anyone to make jokes about him, to make criticism about him, to insult him or do anything else one of his more famous events of dealing with the blasphemy was contained in a hadith by Bukhari. It's very well known. Muhammad says, Who will kill Ashraf, who has offended Allah and his partner? I will, Muhammad, but I will need to deceive him. May I do so? Yes, deceive him. So this hadith, which is a story from Muhammad's life, contains a lot of interesting information, one of which is deception is perfectly fine as long as it advances Islam, and the other is, to assassinate those who oppose Muhammad. And indeed, the man did deceive Ashraf and uh, killed him as an assassin. Now the question we need to ask here is, what did poor Ashraf do? He wrote a poem. But this was not the only poet intellectual that Muhammad would kill. There was uh, Marwan's daughter who wrote a poem saying that uh, Muhammad's men were not real men. And so he sent a man into her home who stabbed her through the chest, pinned her to her bed, but he first had to remove the baby from her breast. But she paid the ultimate crime for the blasphemy of offending Muhammad. When Muhammad conquered Mecca, he issued a kill list that had contained five sets of people. One of these were dancing girls who had made satires about Muhammad. Another was an editor of his who had begun to doubt the truth of the Quran. And so he was uh, put on the kill list as well. So what do we learn here? We learn from the Sunnah, the perfect pattern of Muhammad, that no one is allowed to insult Muhammad or to even contradict him. This can sort of explain something that's interesting. Uh, I say that as a 76-year-old man, knowledge can tell you what is, but wisdom can tell you what is not. And I'm gonna tell you something that is not, and that thing is a joke. Now, I've heard jokes about Jesus, I've heard jokes about St. Peter, God, Tiger Wood playing golf, you know, endless jokes such as this. And uh, they were merely funny, some maybe irreverent, but no one died because of them. But to this date, there are still no Muhammad jokes. So this is a very serious, I find that the lack of humor is a very serious thing. Now then, I'm going to read to you for a little bit from an old Sharia text. Know that all who attribute imperfection to Muhammad by any means whatsoever, belittling him or detracting from him or finding fault with him or maligning him, the judgments about such a person is that they are to be killed. This is a very old fatwa. And yet it summarizes what we've just been talking about, that no one is allowed to criticize Islam. Now we have another thing that's a piece of history that this bill is seeking to emulate, which is the Treaty of Umar, which is a treaty between the Christians and the Muslims. After the Christians have been crushed in combat, a, a contract was drawn up as to what they could do and not do in their new, with their new rulers the new rulers being Muslims. Now, oddly enough, one of the things they were not allowed to do was to read the Quran. You say, well, wait a minute. Why would anybody want them to not read the Quran? Simple, because they might read it and come up with a bad idea. So therefore, they need to be spoon-fed the information from a Muslim. So this is a, uh, another way in which the idea of not being able to criticize Muhammad or Allah is actually a very old idea. I come back to the fact that the Canadians probably think that they're doing a new good thing. Now, then, there's something else that this bill will accomplish, which is I've been talking about history. With this bill, no history of Islam will be able to be taught that it is offensive to Islam, because you see, talking about 60 million dead Christians in 1,400 years of jihad is offensive. And we need to understand that there's something else about the Sharia, which this bill is implementing, because this bill is basically implementing brassly laws is the idea of slander in Islam. In Islam, the Sharia states that slander is not something that is false, but something that is unpleasant and disliked. So therefore, the teaching of the killing of 80 million Hindus, 10 million Buddhists, 60 million Christians, and 120 million Africans will be slanderous. It will be considered blasphemous. And therefore, the true history of the conquest of Islam over the Kafir, the non-Muslim, will be enhanced by Canadian law. Now, there's another interesting use here. I don't think the Canadian government is going to uh, be killing anybody over the apostasy, uh, not apostasy, but over the blasphemy laws. But it's interesting that in the history of these blasphemy laws, that blasphemy laws, once they're implemented in full bore, can be used to kill a kafir, because all you have to do is to report that this kafir, Bill Warner, said something about Islam that was offensive. And that's really about all it takes to have the person killed under the blasphemy laws. Now, we need to also understand that in America, these blasphemy laws are beginning to be entered into as well. The Southern Poverty Law Center, for instance, does not allow apostates or non-Muslims to criticize Islam, which brings me to the point of apostasy. What is the worst form of blasphemy? What is the worst form of criticism? What is the worst form of Islamophobia? Simple, becoming an apostate. So this law, would make apostates unable to speak about the issue of what led them to apostasy. This law, when implemented in its full bore, which may not come in the first level, would have the Royal Canadian Mounted Police rounding up and arresting apostates if they spoke against Islam. How cruel can a law become? Well, I don't know, but this bill has a lot of potential to become very harsh and very cruel. What seems to be a good idea in terms of, it's sort of a we'll be all nice, turns out to be a bill that will suppress free speech, suppress critical thought, suppress the becoming an apostate and being able to talk about it. And by the way, don't think that I'm becoming a little too over the top here and talking about what will happen to apostates. We're already having that the Southern Poverty Law Center, a leftist organization in America, and by the way, they've called me one of America's top 10 racist, hater, or bigot Islamophobes, but they've already determined that there are certain apostates who are not allowed, who have they, they've declared to be Islamophobes. So this bill has a long way to go. And by the way, Facebook, Zuckerberg, is already beginning to uh, censor apostates because they're the ultimate blasphemers. So once the Canadians come on board with this bill of the outlawing blasphemy, it will have many, many ramifications. Now, there's, a, I noticed another thing that the Canadians may want to tack on to their 103, M103 bill, which is to command that the search engines not report the websites such as mine and others such as yours, Act for America, for instance. And the reason for this is, is on the web, we are frankly kicking butt on the debate on what is the true nature of Islam. And so what's the thing to do here? Well, then Google shouldn't report our websites. So this is another form that M103 could take that is truly pernicious. Now, I don't think the Canadian Constitution has anything about making this a protected religion but in America, we have a constitution which forbids the United States government from participating in establishment of a religion. And that's basically basic, that is, and part of what Canadians are doing is saying, look, we want Muslims to be a protected religion in Canada. This is a slippery slope down a long rough hill. Now, I want to talk about something here. They say that they'll make Islamophobia illegal, but what about, and they even mentioned to make it illegal to fear Islam. Why I'm not an Islamophobe, I'm an Islamo-fearer, That is, I'm afraid. Why? I'm an intellectual. I, in a public fashion, talk about Islam in a way that's considered criticism. So therefore, it is possible for me to be killed. Now, by an assassin who wants to suppress my blasphemy. Now then tell me, if you know that it's possible to be assassinated, would you not be crazy to be afraid? So what the ca- Canadian government would like to do is to say that no, no, no. You cannot even be afraid of assassination. So I am an islamo fearer, but I'm not an Islamophobe. I'm not crazy. I know the doctrine of Islam quite well, and I know what happens to those who criticize Islam. I'll become like Marwan's daughter, an ashra. So this is a very dangerous bill. It seeks to establish Islam as a protected religion. It seeks to say to the Canadian people, you cannot use critical thought in the subject of Islam. I mean, the more you examine this bill, the more you wonder, how, When I was young, and believe it or not, at one time I used to be young, it was said that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And you'd think to yourself, well, how bad? An, is this really true? And yes, it is. The Bill M-103 is the ultimate road paved with good intentions, and it leads straight to hell. Thank you, Tom, for allowing us talk about this. All right, Bill, thank you so much. And uh, we are so grateful for you joining us here tonight. I know you have obligations here this evening, and so you're not going to be able to stay with us for the rest. of